Well, church family, uh, this is part four of Ezra chapter eight. Um, you recall the lesson in terms of application for us this week is uh, the type of prayer that the Lord, in, uh, the Lord that honors the Lord. Uh, we talked about how we should be praying for qualified leaders. Um, we see this in how Ezra chooses the Levites, and these are all people that knew the Word of God and have insight, and um, they just knew how to handle God's Word. Uh, teach God's word and then apply it, um, and they're able to discern these things. And uh, these are something that we need to pray for in our own context. Um, pray for the leaders that are that we have currently, and pray for up and coming leaders and even future generation with the kids that one day they would eventually be um, elders and leaders of the church that would faithfully represent Him. Then we talk about how prayer, the type of prayer that honors the Lord, is when we pray for God's protection. Um, in the story of Ezra, the entire, uh, well, the, the, the Ezra and his people, uh, they, when they journeyed from, uh, Babylon back to Jerusalem, they were carrying, there was like a few thousand of them, about five or six thousand of them, and they all had like a whole bunch of, uh, money and a whole bunch of gold and, uh, resources, and, um, they didn't go and use their money to pay for protection from other nations or even go back to get uh, help from the Babylonians or the Persians actually uh, but rather they just decided to trust in the Lord and they did the they, they prayed they fasted and they just went on this long journey trusting the Lord every step of the way and today we're going to close this by saying that um, uh, the, the type of prayer that the Lord answers and that honors him is prayer that um, involves being a good testimony one of the ways that we can honor the Lord through our prayer is that we pray to be a good testimony. And we see this in the last five verses, uh, starting from verse 33. On the fourth day, uh, the silver and the gold and the utensils were weighed out in the house of our God into the hand of Miramoth, the son of Uriah the priest, and with him was Eliezer, son of Phinehas, and with them were the Levites, Josabad, the son of Jeshua, and Noadiah, the son of Benui. Everything was numbered and weighed, and all the weight was recorded at that time. So they made it. They went to the journey, and they finally got there. And they remained there uh, uh, for three days, as it says in the first 32, and they start counting all of the things that uh, that they were working on, all the stuff that they carry, all the utensils, all the everything that they brought back. Verse 35, The exiles who had come from the captivity offered burnt offerings to God of to the God of Israel, 12 bulls of all Israel, 96 rams, 77 lambs, 12 male goats for a sin offering, all as a burnt offering to the Lord. Then they delivered the king's edict to the king's satraps and to the governors in the province beyond the river, and they supported the people and the house of God. So what's really cool about this is that uh, they recorded everything. And I think, as I said earlier in this week, that part of the reason why they did this is um, the, I mean, we do this even in modern days too, but uh, in the Babylonian time, uh, they would use, whenever they would do um, some sort of huge project, they would record everything and give it back to the uh, king as a way to show uh, how to use all the resources. The Persians thought this was a good idea, so they kept it, and that's what Ezra did. Ezra and the priest, they, they, they measured everything, and uh, they recorded it, and as a way to give, uh, to show to the Persian king that they actually use everything that uh, that they use for the temple. Remember in chapter 7 of Ezra, uh, there was 
all of those resources I was given from the king. The king gave that to them for a specific purpose of, um, for temple worship. Uh, they give, they give whatever animals, whatever, um, uh, gold and material, whatever resource they need, they're supposed to use, they're supposed to give from, even from the treasure vault of their own Persian empire for this one particular purpose. And I think that's probably why even Ezra in the beginning chose not to hire any other, uh, forces to protect them because that would mean that he, they used part of it for um, for something else that wasn't designed for. Now, if there was some sort of extra amount of money that can be used specifically or put aside for it, um, then I'm sure Ezra might have uh, you know, at least considered it. But because he wanted to be a good testimony, because he wanted to show the Persian king that everything that uh, that, they, that he took from the Persian um, you know, resources and bank or whatever uh, was used uh for its intended use, that there was no lie or any um, uh, way in which uh, they can say, oh, these Jews are just taking our money, which is what the enemy said. The enemy said that, uh, uh, that these Jews are just going to ruin the empire. Uh, but instead, these people uh, showed to the world and to the king that they were people of integrity, that they wanted to do uh, what they said they, that they'll set out to do. Verse 36, and they did deliver the kings, eating to the king's satraps and to the governors in the province beyond the river. They supported people in the house of God. Um, this correspondence uh, was to let the king know of their situation, of things that uh, are now offering sacrifices um, and doing everything that they set out to do. And Christians, in terms of our application for ourselves, this is how it, um, praying to be a good testimony is honoring to the Lord. Because really you're saying that you want to represent Christ faithfully. That's something that we should all aspire to do in this fallen world. Christians must do everything with excellence and integrity, and we get that, but we also need to do with, um, and this is not just doing everything, uh, uh, with excellence and integrity, but also with accuracy. You know, the, there was no sh- shortcuts. Uh, Christians, we should be faithful in our, in all of our tasks and our labor. Um, as sinners, we are all prone to laziness. We're all prone to, you know, figure out ways in which we cannot work but get the same results. And Christians should not be marked by that. Christians should be marked by as being the best of the company or best of the school or best of wherever you are. Christians should be dominant because we know that all the things that we do, we're doing it for the Lord. And how we do things is a reflection of how we view God. Integrity and consistency must be marked, must be a mark of Christian character. And uh, God is honored when you pray to be godly because it shows that you want him to be made known. Uh, we want, and that is true, right? All of us as Christians want the world to know how great our God is, how good he is, how faithful he is, and how can we demonstrate those things practically unless we uh, we have integrity, unless we live um, upright and moral lives. Uh, Matthew 5 tells us that we are the light of the world. A city, a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, put it on the lampstand and give light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5 tells us the same idea. We're like our good works. Like we're made for, for good works. Our, our job as Christians is that uh, we're designed with a particular purpose or faithfully represent him. Ephesians 5 verse, uh, Ephesians 5 verse 8. Uh, eight. To 14, it reads, For you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the world, a light in the Lord. 
walk as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth, trying to learn uh, what is pleasing to the Lord. Do not participate in unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them, for it is disgrace even to speak of the things which are done by men and them in secret, but all things become visible when we when they are exposed by the light, for everything that becomes visible is light. For this reason it says, Awake sleeper and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Christians are called to be people that are distinct. Uh, we're called to call out sin for what they are. And it means that if in our workplace, when there are things that are not right, that we need to be willing to uh, say it. Like, hey, you shouldn't be talking about this uh, particular thing, or you should not be conducting yourself in this way. This doesn't, I mean, you know, even like if you're working in a place, there are certain policies and rules. You want to fulfill it the best that you can. You want others to do the same because it helps it shows you that you are a person of integrity and that um, even if no one else is watching, even if your manager is watching, that you would be a certain way because, you know, ultimately for us as Christians, we live for the Lord. Philippians 2.15 tells us that we should do all things without grumbling and complaining because by doing so, we appear as lights to the world. Um, how we uh, conduct ourselves matters. Uh, it's not just something that... Yeah, I know we're saved by faith through grace, and that's true. That's absolutely true. Amen and amen. But a person uh, demonstrates that they truly do have faith in the way that they live in uh, before outsiders, before non-Christians. Uh, that's what First Timothy 3 tells us for a qualification of elders. When non-believers uh, have some sort of um, negative view of an individual, they don't qualify to become elders because... Um, they, because it's easy to be godly in the church, but in public, in a place of where non-believers are watching, it's, it, it can, you know, at times you're, you're being tested, and if people see that this person is not a good worker, then that, that means that person doesn't deserve to be an elder. Second uh, Peter, uh, verse 9 to 12 says, you, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of Him, who has called you out of darkness into marvelous light. For you were once, uh, for you once were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had received mercy, but now you have received mercy. But I urge you, as aliens and strangers, to abstain from fleshly lusts which wage war against the soul. Keep your behavior excellent among Gentiles, that in the things in which they slander you as evildoers, they may, because of your good deeds, as they observe them, glorify God in the day of visitation. Uh, Christians must be um, always be praying to be a good testimony. And I think one way we apply that is, you know, in your daily devotionals, when you're reading God's word in the morning before you go to work or before you go to school or before you, you know, uh, take care of your family, whatever it may be, uh, whatever time you have in the Lord, you want to ask the Lord for grace to be able to do these things. You know, if you have non-believing families members, uh, you want to be able to um, faithfully represent the Lord before them, you know, especially if they don't go to church or, or in our case now, like listening to live stream, the only way they can see, uh, who God is, is, it's not from the outside because some people don't go outside, but through you. Same thing with work. Same thing, uh, with your schooling. Wherever you're at, you must see that the opportunities that you have to represent Christ, um, you know, the influence, the sphere of influence you have, it's, it's, it's a, it's a limited amount of time. You want to be able to use every moment you have to faithfully represent him in the best way that you can. So that's how we can honor the Lord with our lives, through our prayer. Uh, we pray for qualified leaders. We pray for 
God's protection. And lastly, we pray to be a good and godly testimony. We hope that this is practical for you uh, today as you think about your life, as you think about how you would represent the Lord, that you are mindful of your uh, sins that you might be uh, harboring or attitudes that you that might be uh, not pleasing to the Lord, that you repent of those things in hopes that you can be a light to those that watch watch you and observe you. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, we have two more chapters left in the book of Ezra, and uh, I, I am really excited to be able to continue on this book and uh, and continue going on the study with us today. Okay, thanks. Have a nice day.